The regular season's over. The real football starts. Chiefs, Dolphins, AFC Wildcard game preview. Let's go. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Welcome into a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC, our partners in possible here at KCSN. It's been absolutely wonderful working with them uh, over the last few years, the inception of KC Sports Network pretty much. Uh, this is a game preview edition for a playoff game. I'm very excited to be doing that with my dear pals, Maddie Lane and Craig Stout. Matthew, for those watching, the locale looks a little different than normal. Yeah, um, if you are watching this on video, I am in a completely different room. We have a lot of home rentals going, and my office has become the collection of tools, materials, and or things had to be moved to do some new flooring. So I am sorry if I'm echoing, if you hear dogs clickety-clacking or anything like that uh, throughout this. I do apologize. Hopefully it's only for one day. Um, I tried to pay Craig to come out here and do it all for me, but um, he said it's two small potatoes for him. No, that wasn't the case. It was, I love you so much, and I don't have the number of days in my week this week to just go fully out there and, you know, spend all of my time with you. It, it, I'm sorry, it, it welcome was, back. I, I decided we're done fighting, so I allowed you back on the podcast <laughs> today. I forgot about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we're done fighting. You invited me out. That incited the initial incident and the fight, and he didn't like that. That was my answer. Even though it was purely out of love and an inability to spend more time with him, he was still very frustrated. So, yes, good to be back. Good to be talking about playoff football. It all kind of starts over again, and hopefully the offense starts over again, too, here for the Chiefs. Yeah, hopefully we're having a good time watching that offense at the holiday distillery party that we're having on Saturday. It's a watch party for the game at uh, at the holiday distillery in Western Missouri. There is going to be Mission Taco there. There is going to be delicious cocktails available as well. Uh, it's going to be an absolutely great time. It is gorgeous out there. It's just one of my favorite like just places to sit and relax and hang out and enjoy. So we're going to have a lot of fun out there. There's a link in the description of this show if you want to, uh, if you want to sign up. You can also go to our social media as well um, if you'd like. So... Again, just there's limited availability, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you want to stay out of the cold, but you want to hang out with a bunch of Chiefs fans that are excited to be watching the game, that's exactly where you should be going to do that. I think we should talk about the offense to start to start things off, Craig. Uh, yes, it's an offense. We're gonna we're gonna preview the offensive side of the ball first. I think. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about the absence of players for the Dolphins first. Like that might be like the. The Dolphins are going out of their way to just sign former Chiefs edge rushers. And by former Chiefs edge rushers, I mean edge rushers older than Craig. Uh, literally, Bruce Irvin is older than me. Um, and Melvin Not Ingram quite is like older me. I, Not quite as old. He's close. But, uh, you know, the Dolphins are are down bad with some of their personnel defensively. Xavier Howard is going to be out. And their, their, their pass rush has been just reduced to literally... Um, Former Chiefs, Justin Houston, Melvin Ingram, uh, it's Emmanuel Ogba, 
Uh, and, and then they, I, I, don't be surprised if Tampa comes down from banging the drum and suits it up right after <laughs> we hits it. Um, I mean, I think that's I think that's their backup plan. Just, you know, in case all else fails, Tampa just comes. Wait for right for Kansas City or for Miami? Wait, which one? Obviously, obviously for Miami. <laughs> oh, okay. I do. George will be so conflicted, you guys. He's not going to know what to do with himself after working with him all all offseason. The good news is defensive ends don't line up against each other, so like I, I feel know. like. Um. And you, yeah, we we touched on it earlier this week. The Dolphins have a lot of injuries, and they can't. And I kind of you know ran through a lot of the ones they were dealing with here. They're down their three top you know outside linebacker, defensive end, pass rushers. They actually are losing their one of their starting inside linebackers, one of their fourth string kind of like hybrid outside linebacker, inside linebacker, and good guys. They got it towards ACL and special teams. Xavier Howard's not playing. Like they are down so many players for this game if there was ever a get right game based purely purely on injuries this would be it for this Chiefs offense so like this goes into the whole concept of I don't think the Dolphins are really that bad of a matchup for the Chiefs just because they're down so many important players in a way that should allow the Chiefs to function the offense in the way they want to now will they execute well that's what we're going to talk about but the the defense the Dolphins are putting out there should not stop the Chiefs offense from getting to do kind of whatever they want to yeah, I think the one that really gets me because yeah, the defensive end position, they just uh, uh, they're out there searching for bodies. Like I I genuinely have a moment where I'm like, man, that sucks. Like if you're a fan of the Dolphins and you just sitting there, it's like they, we're we're trying to piece together guys from the streets just to be able to put snaps together. The ones that I'm really looking for or looking at here, the Sean Elliott and Javon Holland. That's the you know two starting safeties for the Dolphins. There, both did not practice all week long and you know it, it was in the chat here but Javon Holland is listed as knees plural <laughs> as the injury did not practice all week both of them are questionable I it, that is one that I, I I they were already struggling with this I like Brandon Jones I thought that he he played a hell of a game you know in the final game of the regular season I thought he was flying around playing really well but this defense is one of the worst at giving up um, singular great performance. I have this thing called the game record per- the quotient, and the Miami Dolphins are 29th in the league out of 32 teams here. They've allowed five quarterbacks to go over 300 yards and seven wide receivers to go over 100 yards in the regular season there. That's not good. And now all of a sudden, they've got two really banged up safeties. They don't have Xavier Howard out there. They don't really have a pass rush to speak of. This is one of those that I'm looking at and I'm going, man, I listen, the passing game has to get clicking. And if you want to get vertical on a team and prove that you can do it so that other defensive coordinators in the playoffs are going to have to adjust their strategy against them, come out, do it against this team. It's probably the easiest that it's going to get in the entire playoffs to try and get downfield and get vertical against them. Banged up, really, really injured football team to get Ain't that right? I think you're right. Like this is the the best opportunity for them to do that and establish that. I think that's an important thing is you're looking to build off this game and looking to the future. We've talked so much the last month about trying to establish something vertical, establish something down the field. They showed it a little bit, um, you know, in their last game, you know, with the you know with the starters playing. McColl Hardman showed that a little bit in the Week 18 game. They've 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 at least tried to establish a little bit. If they can do that this week. That could be really beneficial to whoever they play in the divisional rounds and what they have to honor. It's showing stuff. 
So this is a pretty crucial opportunity to not only win a football game, but set themselves up for the future, you know, for the for the rest of these playoffs. And I have no doubt that this team is going to put some good plays together because Andy Reid and this coaching staff, that's just what they do. This is what they've done in the playoffs. I mean, if you look at what the the, the Chiefs offense looks incredible and I know this is a different year and I know we've talked about all the struggles of this team do not get me wrong I don't need to be reminded but I still like I think there's got to be some level of trust in this coaching staff offensively to put some of their best stuff out there and if you remember Patrick Mahomes how good he looked early in that game before the high ankle sprain against the Jaguars he was just out of this world um so I I I guess I look at this and I say, do, is there any, are there any, there's no room for excuses for this offense to go out there and put together a strong performance in this game. I don't think like, I don't really think that they've had time. They've had time to rest. You know, they're relatively healthy. I, I think this, this, this team has to go out there and do something. No, I mean, absolutely. You look at, you look at this matchup and then you take into consideration the injuries and then you look at Vic Fangio's defensive you know, coordinator. That's the scheme you're running. It's kind of predicated on keeping everything in front of them, but then not being it's it, nothing about Fangio's scheme by itself should shut down the Chiefs offense. And then you take away these edge rushers. You take away so many of these star players for the Dolphins. There isn't a single aspect of their, their defense that should completely wreck this game. Christian Wilkins, great player. Jalen Ramsey great player, but where they are right now in their respective careers should not completely wreck this game for the Chiefs. The Chiefs should have, be able to have answers. The Chiefs should be the ones dictating the pace on the offensive side of the ball of this foot, get, football game from the get-go, whether that's running the football, whether that's throwing the football. Like They should be able to dictate this game, and you know, you're probably not going to hit a bunch of explosives against a Vic Fangio defense, right? Don't go hunting for them. We all want them we get all excited because McCole Harden maybe flashed the ability to give them that. You know, we're talking about trying to hit explosive, just barely missing MVS the last time the starters were out there. Finding some to Rasheed Rice. Like, but you can't hunt for those in this game, but nothing that the Dolphins have defensively should be able to dictate what the Chiefs do. It's just about them going out there, executing, not turning the ball over, and playing the way we kind of hope they have all year. Now, they haven't done it. They haven't done it up to this point, but they also haven't faced a defense that's missing like six starters, like six legitimate starters that are plus players. So if there's a time to start getting stuff fixed out, if they don't try to do too, too much, this is one of the few games where I really think the Chiefs have to shoot themselves in the foot offensively for it not to work, right? I think we use that as an excuse as fans to kind of to cope with the fact that the offense hasn't been good and we just blame it all on shooting themselves in the foot. Like, yeah, that happens, but structurally, it's been a little off all year. Not broken, but it's been off. It's not just been the mistakes. It's killed them. In this game, it's going to have to just be the mistakes for the offense not to work because the Dolphins don't have the players right now, and they have a defensive scheme that Andy Reid has seen hundreds of times over the past five, six, seven years, right? So like, it's something they're used to. They should have plenty of answers and it's up to the guys in this bad weather to not go out there and, and make those mistakes. Yeah, that's uh, what you said about seeing this scheme so often is the the pertinent point here. Like, it's not just about the fact that there are so many injured players. Vic Fangio is a good defensive coordinator. I'm not trying to say that he's not. He played in the AFC West for a number of years. One of his disciples in the AFC West for a number of years. They see it all the time. It's not the same 
poison pill that it was, you know, maybe early on when Fangio was really kind of taking some stuff on and really kind of dictating things on defense. It hasn't been that way in a little while. And now, you know, yeah, there's still going to be that late post-snap rotation. There's still going to be some of that stuff that's there. But, you know, I agree with Matty. Don't go hunting for that big play, but run that deep over. Make Deshaun Elliott have to bail out of, you know, a single high look into a two high structure and chase McCall Hardman with, you know, a little bit of a lingering injury. There's cracks that you can still hit within this big Fangio offense. But the part that I'm really excited to look at is how they can implement the run game. Because as it stands right now, David Long, I'm a big fan. David Long Jr., inside linebacker, big fan of Christian Wilkins. Obviously, I like like Jalen Ramsey, but those defensive ends, Emmanuel Agba and Melvin Ingram are fine against the run, but there's a lot of stuff that Andy Reid's going to put on their plate. A lot of eye dressing, or a lot of window dressing, a lot of eye candy eye dressing. I like that, actually. I, but, yeah, you know, it, it, football it, it, term. stuff like that. Hit the edges. You know, run some, you know, jet motions. Run some end rounds. You got McCole Hardman in here. Kadarius Tony's playing. Give him the ball in the backfield and have him stretch to the outside a little bit. No, everybody wants this to be a Pacheco game, and it still could be. Don't get me wrong, but I think you could really test the edges of this defense and find success because, once again, now you're forcing these banged-up safeties to try and come down and fill the alley. You're forcing brand-new defensive ends that haven't been in the scheme for very long to try to defend the run, and you've got a whole bunch of guys at the second level that are hurt or out or whatever the case may be. I think this is one that they can really get into some of Andy's extra motion stuff and really kind of dictate things on the defense still hand the ball off to these guys still hand the ball off to Isaiah Pacheco but I see games out of like McCall Hardman even Rasheed Rice on an end around or something like Mm. that there's just plenty of opportunity that doesn't require them to try and scheme up pass calls that get the ball in these guys' hands that can still be very successful for this offense real quick sorry to cut you off here but the, the Dolphins' defense has still been good against the run. Like, even with mm-hmm. all the injuries, they've still been very good against the run. But the teams that have had a little bit of success, it has come on getting the ball outside. So the Ravens had success going with heavier personnel and running outside zone, actually, and forcing these linebackers who are very aggressive, trying to shoot gaps and not quite getting, getting out leverage outside, forcing these two high-structured safeties to come down and make the plays in the alley. Now you got injured safeties. Now you have a new linebacker, at least one, stepping in to play next to David Long. So you continue to work, you know, this might be a heavy outside zone game for that reason. Oh, and like the Cowboys didn't have any success with their running backs, but they hit a couple decent chunk runs with end rounds from Brandon Cooks and from CD Lambs. Like that is something that teams have had success trying to run the ball, whereas just trying to line up and pound the rock between the tackles has not worked near as well for teams against the Dolphins. And the injuries might help in that regard, but I, I don't know if that should be the Chiefs game plan when they've had a little bit of difficulty doing that all year anyway. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 
On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, so we kind of talked a little bit about the running game, getting going a little bit, how they can maybe attack this this Dolphins offense in the run game. Anything in the passing game that you guys want to see outside of the vertical game? You know, what what are you hoping to see out of this, Matthew? I mean, as a person that's been a huge proponent of the vertical passing game, I, this is the week I don't need it. <laughs> this is the week <laughs> I don't know if it's worth it because that's that's literally what Vic, Vic Fangio tries to take away. And you can go back and look what he did with Denver. That was their entire strategy for being the team to slow down Mahomes was just like, hey, if you want to take a 12-play drive down the field, we're going to let you every time because we're just going to bet you won't keep doing it. And sometimes they did it. Sometimes, sometimes they, they did. turned it over. <laughs> right. And so I don't think this is a game you look for the big passing play, although I will say the communication of the Dolphins' secondary and second level and coverage has not been ideal. And it, th- this is something we talked about going into the first matchup, and the Chiefs had some success finding some miscommunication stuff early in the game. And the Dolphins got better, but now you're dealing with a bunch of injuries. That same thing's there right over the middle of the field. These safeties, a new linebacker coming in. They do play a 3-4, so at times, Melvin Ingram... Not Melvin... Uh, yeah, Melvin Ingram does have to drop into coverage, right? He, he, got, the drop. he got beat by alignment. He got put out in coverage. Yeah. Right, and I'm not saying even just that. Just like, they're going to have these miscommunications. So definitely throw a lot of crossers at them. Try to run guys through multiple zones force these linebackers to pass it off over and over, force the safeties to drive and cut the right routes over and over. Maybe a post or something pops behind a safety that tries to drive on something, but don't go hunting for it. Try to play off their communication issues. And another area, the only time I really like the boundary stuff outside, there's the Ravens actually got three different wheel routes wide open. 
And so did the, the Bills did too. And that was more two guys running into each other. But their ability to switch on a wheel route or that mo- uh, jet motion into a fade route up the sideline, that's beaten the Dolphins numerous times. It's been Eli Apple specifically numerous times. So if you make like a drum that guy that is stepping in for Xavier Howard, you might want to run a couple of those then and see if they switch it off correctly. You might get some free runners up the sideline, whether a receiver or a running back, because just that communication issue is still what's kind of been lacking for this unit. And I really don't think freezing cold temperature with a bunch of new guys stepping in is probably going to help that. Yeah, I, I mean, throw throw a lot of stuff at them that make them have to sort out and communicate that sort of stuff. Levels concepts. Uh, nothing, uh, you know, that's not like a huge you know, down-the-field play or anything like that, and it doesn't require the Chiefs wide receivers now all of a sudden be elite route runners to run. You know, you're just simply running a deeper route, an intermediate route, and a flat route. Like, that's all it's got to be. Or a strong flood leak to start the game. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, just steal a page from Kyle Shanahan's playbook. If you're running a lot of, you know, jet motion or end around, maybe, you know, run a run a flood concept where you've got that wide receiver basically kicking out in the flat. Maybe Travis Kelsey on the backside runs, you know, a, a, a deeper crossing route. You got a corner route over the top. Now, all of a sudden, you've got levels. You're, trust, you're testing the ability for that defense to really communicate and pass things off. Andy Reid is terrific at this you know i know that we we've talked a lot about him you know the concepts the staples and stuff like that that he just tends to rely on and things like that this is where he's at his best when you've got defensive ends and linebackers that he wants to try and figure out oh hey you guys talking all right you guys you guys got this defense down pat which you know brand new guys it's gonna be real tough to get that stuff he makes life hell on these guys and sets up things so much and then you get to the playoffs and he sets it up even more you know within that first 15 he's keying on every little thing there to see what's going on to try and build on that in this this isn't you know a shutdown mode in the third quarter because eh, they're up a couple scores we trust our defense whatever and he's still going to be in his bag because he wants to put stuff on tape it's why he is 3.2 points a game higher over his Kansas City career in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. And guess what? A lot of those regular season offenses are some of the best of all time. Like this is, and he takes it up that next notch. Now we'll see what happens at this one. I can just see lots of opportunities to put these guys in conflict, make them communicate. And they, they've been busting with, you know, guys that have been there all year, let alone with guys that are starting for the first time. Yeah. So what you're telling me is we're going to get, some we're gonna get a we're gonna get a wide middle screen. We're gonna pump a pump fake to the left with a swing route. We're gonna pump fake to the right with an orbit motion. Then we're gonna pop a little little middle screen or a little wide pop kind of play in the middle of the field is what we're gonna do. I mean that's just, that's an handy. I don't, I don't like that. Love... That's where Christian Wilkins is, and I'm just frankly a little bit terrified yeah, of that man. They'll be fine. I mean, well, like Christian Wilkins is the game wrecker for them. Like, if, mm-hmm. if someone's going to wreck this game for for the Chiefs, I think it's going to come from Christian Wilkins. And, um, you know, that's that's their best defensive lineman in this game. And you know, the trenches become so magnified in the playoffs. You know, we we've seen that before, and we've seen the Chiefs really, you know, dig down and have their best, some of their better, you know, success, you know, on the ground and in big moments and in big crucial downs. You know, maybe it isn't a down to down consistency in the run game, but boy, you know, what they needed their thirds and third, fourth, and shorts. You know, they've been able to run the football effectively. And those are situations Christian Wilkins could 
uh, really wreck the game here. Uh, anything else on offense before we get move on, guys? I think that's the biggest thing. I, I would look for the Chiefs to go a little bit heavy, again, and their personnel. I think you want to force the Dolphins to play as many of these linebackers as you can. Get as many of the Justin Houstons and Melvin Ingrams on the field as possible. The Duke Rileys, like, get all these guys out there as much as you can. Don't let them get into extra DBs. And not that even, you know, without Xavier Howard, not that their defensive back room is exceptionally deep. Javon Holland, also a stud. It's him and Wilkins, are the, and Ramsey. Like, they have guys. It's just... It's they haven't taken over games at the same rate without Jalen Phillips and then to lose Bradley Chubb and then to just keep losing guys has been tough. But the Chiefs going heavy force the Dolphins to play into their base personnel a little bit more. That makes big Fangio's, you know, his late rotation of his two safeties. He has to show his hands a little bit earlier. There's less that he can do to confuse you on the back end post snap. So I, I would look for the Chiefs to go a little bit heavier in this game. Anything, Matty or Craig? Craig? Sorry, you got your name. Man, I wish. Man. Oh, uh, younger, more handsome. Ah, it'd be Pliable. better. Pliable, uh, agile. Not as great. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, but I, uh, okay. no. Okay, no. I my my only other thought here is, you know, you talk about Vic Fangio forcing long sustained drives, and I think when we got a crashing, you know, reality a few years back when the the Chiefs were being held to. <gasps> 20 points and 16 points in a game and like that really rough stretch there was just like an Ugh. emphasis on like hey like let the chiefs beat themselves like there were just stretches where the chiefs were dropping the football fumbling the football turning it over not able to convert long sustained drives and we've seen some of that happen this year but you know even in some of the brighter moments of this you know era we've we've had we've seen this team have that issue it's ball security for me it's always going to be ball security for me you know yeah, Vic Fangio might let you drive the field a little bit, but you've got to you've got to protect it. You've got to protect the football. Turnovers are at a premium in the playoffs, so uh, that's uh, that's all I got to say. All right, so DraftKings has all kinds of great props available to you on DraftKings Sportsbook, and we thought we'd pull a few out that we really like. And I just want to tell you guys something: Patrick Mahomes in five seasons before this one as the starter for the Kansas City Chiefs, has not or has, has not had less than two touchdowns rushing in a season. What's more, he's got 12 in his career. He has had five rushing touchdowns in the playoffs. He has not had a rushing touchdown at all this season. That's why I like Patrick LeVon Mahomes anytime touchdown. It is plus 390. It would be the first time that it has happened in this season, but he's due. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't had one this year. He's done it at a higher clip in the playoffs. I think this is a where this is a moment where you see Patrick Mahomes use his legs. It's plus three ninety. I like it. I think this is where the streak of of a lack of touchdowns breaks. So give me Patrick Mahomes anytime touchdown plus three ninety. Matthew, what do you have? Okay, we had a we had a fun one here for you. Rasheed Rice to have more receiving yards than Tyree Kill at plus Ooh. 75. Oh, man. That's a heater right there. So, okay, here we got it. Tyree Kill in his game against the Chiefs earlier this year when he ended up with 62 yards, 62 receiving yards. Rasheed Rice has gone over that in five out of his last six games. Rasheed Rice is on a roll. Tyree Kill, you know, he's still good. He's still getting all the passes, but he's been a little banged up for them. We've seen some drops starting to come into play for him. Tua, pretty poor in cold weather when he's had to play it. Hasn't had to play in it a lot. You know what? 
I like this. Give me Rasheed Rice, more receiving yards than Tyreek Hill, because I think once again, the Chiefs will do everything they can to take Tyreek Hill away. The scary part about this prop, obviously, is that Tyreek Hill can bust any play for a long game, but I'm going to take it. I'm taking Rasheed Rice. I think the Chiefs have a few more weapons in this weather to work with. I like that one. That one's fun. Mine's not as fun, but I'm switching to the defensive side of the football like we're going to do after this segment here. Listen, we all witnessed what Chris Jones just did against Easton Stick and the Los Angeles Chargers offense. Yeah, he wasn't really playing the run in that game, but that's fine. He was hunting for that incentive. Easton Stick had to throw the ball away before the top of his drop on a lot of plays because he Chris Jones was in his lap. Chris Jones has not just been playing well for that one game. I know that some of the stats aren't going to show it, but the advanced metrics, the pressures, the the rest of the stuff, he has been so good for the last six weeks. He is arguably riding a bigger high than he did last year when he had such a terrific season heading into the playoffs here. I, not to reveal too much about how I think this game is going to go, I think that Tua is going to have to drop back and have to let things go a little bit to try and throw themselves back into this game a little bit later in the game. Chris Jones right now has a sack prop of .75. A singular sack for Chris Jones hits the over. I'm taking the over. I think he gets one and a half in this game. I just think that he's he's so dialed in right now, and it's so cold. Teams don't want to see Chris Jones throwing those clubs, moving the way that he's moving. He's used to it. They're not. Chris Jones getting in the backfield and getting sacked this week. Over. All those are available on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. They're bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. That means you can bet on Chiefs, Dolphins. You can get in on some of these props that we just got done talking about. What you got to do is you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777. Visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Booth Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. If you guys didn't know, every single Tuesday on KC Sports Tonight on KC TV 5, you're going to see a KCSN personality available. So make sure you're checking that out all weeknights, 630 on KC TV 5. Uh, and again, KCT or KCSN personalities wind up on there every Tuesday and Saturday and Sunday, 1035. So make sure you are checking that out. Craig, it's defense time. Oh, thank God. 29 minutes. <laughs> we did get into oh, one defense before the break. So there's that. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, you know, uh, I obviously think it sounds like Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert are going to be back. Yeah. So I know a lot of people spent. I most of I would love to know the ratings for the for the uh for the Bills Dolphins game in Kansas City last week because I'm sure <laughs> Chiefs fans were paying a lot of attention. 
this offense has definitely struggled. It's been worse since the first half of the season. Very Miami of them as the weather gets colder. Um, but they're getting Jalen Waddle back. They're getting Raheem Mostert back. It's still, it should be a, a, a tougher challenge than what they had last week. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, not not a thing. There's two of the best players, you know, on the Miami Dolphins offense that aren't named Tyreek Hill. They're, this offense is extremely explosive, as you know, all of us know. We we are very well aware that this offense has the potential to put up points. Now, they are still banged up. We're we're still talking about a team. Jalen Waddle was limited all week long. So was Raheem Mostert. Those guys are, you know, anytime they have the ball in their hand, they have a potential to take it for a score, as does Tyreek Hill. So when you have three of those guys on your offense, it is terrifying. But they haven't been the same over the last eight weeks of the season. As a matter of fact, all the advanced metrics, you know, you're talking EPA per play, which, you know, captures a lot of those explosive plays. When you're talking about success rate that captures their ability to sustain drives, running and drop back EPA and success rate, they're floating around the number 10 mark in the NFL. They are not like this juggernaut offense that they were at the beginning of the year. Some of that's injuries. Some of that's guys, you know, getting a little bit banged up and still playing. Some of that is to a defense a little bit differently against them. That was Kent that said that, not me. But, you know, I, I'm just, I, I don't why they're still crazy explosive and a very dangerous offense. Don't want you to take that away from it, but it's not to the same level that it was. And they're going up against a Chiefs defense that hasn't allowed a 300 yard passer all year, has allowed two 100 yard passers all year, but not since Josh Palmer early in the year that they have allowed one. They played a lot of quality wide receivers since then and only had two 100 yard rushers on the year. And both of them were against the Raiders who had a, a run scheme that was just really good at defeating what the Chiefs had. So this is not a team that, you know, gives up a lot of yardage, gives up a lot of points, gives up a lot of explosive plays to pretty much anybody in the league going up against an offense that's still explosive, but has certainly taken a step back and have two of their most explosive players banged up going into this one. <laughs> Yeah, it's year two of the Mike McDaniel offense there with Miami. And last year it took teams, what, 12, 14 weeks to kind of get a read on it. And then you had, a you know, quarterback injuries and stuff. So like, it was hard to figure out, did they get stopped because of injuries or did they get stopped because people started to, you know, be able to figure it out. And then this year it kicks off and McDaniel has a lot more solutions, or at least he's presenting more problems. I actually don't even know if they're solutions yet, but to start this year, he had, he was presenting new problems to defenses that were building off of what he already established thing is though most of what he's done teams had seen it before now it's just dressed up differently they caught on a lot faster this year they caught on about midway through the year instead of three-fourths away through the year and it's been a little bit of a slog for them yeah some games everything's hitting everything's looking real good you go up against a defense that doesn't understand how to handle all the motions whatsoever and they look great against them but anytime they go up against a defense that's understanding how they want to play against those those fast motions whether it's out in orbit jet whatever it is when you have a defense that figures out how they want to play with it and doesn't get put on their heels, that doesn't get overwhelmed, they really struggle to just execute bread and butter stuff up and down the field unless the run game's working. Now, they get the run game working, then yes, that's kind of been their answer to everything. I think everybody sees the bombs of Tyree Kill and Waddle and the screen plays and all the motion, and they think that's what it is. No, it's the run game. You go and find the game, really struggled. the run game hasn't worked, and then second to that has been teams are 
panicking to the motion. You go back and watch the Chiefs play every time the motion, the Chiefs did two things. They rotated their safeties the moment the motion happened each time. And whether that was somebody back up, whatever it was, they were just changing the picture. And that messes with Tua immediately. But then the other thing they did, they said, hey, guess what? That means the snap's coming. And depending on which direction the motion is, they were able to time the snap consistently for those rotations, for the pass rush, for linebackers changing their gap or trying to blitz, you know, run blitz downhill. That motion was helping the Chiefs defense as much as it helped the Dolphins offense. I'm curious to see if the Dolphins tinker with that or if the Chiefs just have a good answer, a good read of it. It looked like the Bills and the Ravens were kind of doing the similar thing in terms of the post-snap rotation. So I just wonder if the Chiefs didn't figure out a pretty good answer to what the Dolphins want to do. And if that's the case, it kind of boils down to just stopping that run game and the challenge to it to win. I think, um, yeah, I don't know how much that that sudden motion has really scared teams. And that's weird to say with Tyreek. It just doesn't feel like it's had the same impact that it had in the first half of the season, like at all. And just teams are more prepared. They feel more comfortable. They've seen a lot of teams kind of do that. And you're right. I think that there's probably some validity to them being able to time some stuff up. Now, there is one thing that has changed since the last time that these two teams, well, I mean, there's plenty of things that have changed since the last time yeah. these two teams have played. But one of the big ones is Devin H. And is playing in this game and he didn't last time that these two teams matched up and he is an electrifying football player i he is a very fun player to watch and um you saw what had that incredible touchdown run some of the most most of the offense for the dolphins in that game against the bills you know came from that play uh just an outstanding job by him um he's a he's a he's a fun player we haven't seen him in a Chiefs Dolphins game yet, and we're about to, Craig. Yeah, that's it's a little bit scary the amount of speed that they can put on the field or that they put on the field against the Chiefs without A chain. And now all of a sudden he's out there. Obviously, you know, the the focus goes to the Chiefs linebacking core. Can they run with them? Can they hang with them? I, I don't think we're gonna see a ton of like a Nick Bolton, you know, straight up man match in with A chain or anything like that. Steve Spagnolo knows better. I know that people are going to refer to, you know, beginning of games against like Buffalo and him against James Cook. Like, I totally get it. But the way that Spagnuolo has played so far this season, he's felt out the first two or three drives, taken Bolton off the field for Drew Tranquil for a drive, and then come back on the field, and the defense is completely different. It has limited what they've had to game plan with during the week. I don't think for a second that that is going to be the case this week. I don't think that Steve Spagnuolo is going to come out and go, you know what, we're going to slow play this one again. We're going to figure all of this out. No, I think that we are full-on game planning. We still expect that we're going to see a Drew Tranquil out there for some small tweaks after maybe drive two or three. I still think that's going to happen, but I think they're going to implement ways to try and bring their safeties into it, You know, have maybe a Trent McJuffie switch or pass something off, You know, it, try and cover the flat a little bit better. I fully expect this defense to play downhill against Mostert and A-Chain, and they have to. They really have to because you can't let them get up ahead of speed. The angles aren't there anymore. Trying to chase those guys down, trying to chase them across the field, it's it's near impossible. And lots of teams have figured that out so far this year. They are so fast. You have to plant them. You have to meet them at the catch point in the backfield. They're coming out with a swing pass. They're running an outside zone or something that's a stretch play to the outside. You've got to have a corner that's willing to go up there and stick their nose into you know, play and things like that. Luckily for the Chiefs, that's their entire secondary. <laughs> they don't have to adjust their play style. And yeah, it's cold. And yeah, it's going to hurt. 
Legereus Sneed, Trey McDuffie, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, yeah, uh, Justin Reed, Mike Edwards, uh, none of these, Jamari Connor, none of these guys care about that. They are here and they are here to hit. And so I, I think that they are going to implement something to try and rotate these guys downhill quickly when they see some of those things and they see some of those motions, some of those tells to try and prevent those guys from really building up ahead of steam while still keeping the safeties over the top against a, you know, a Waddle or a Tyreek Hill, who obviously are the primary focus of this offense. And so to me, even how the Chiefs in the run game here, even how the Chiefs go about trying to fit the run and their philosophy philosophy for it changes in this game. So in the NFL, as teams have gone to more two-eye looks, everything's become about spilling spilling the run. You want to plug into your gaps, force the run out wide, you use the boundary as an extra defender, and then you have your final unblocked defender, whether it's a backside linebacker, whether it's a safety coming down from depth, this, that guy's kind of cleaning it up against the boundary. The whole point is spilling it outside. Against the Dolphins, they're fast. Guess who loses that foot race every single time if you're spilling everything outside? The defense does. So now you almost have to play them a little more old school, and it sounds a little counterproductive, but you try to force everything back inside. You now, I think, go back to old school style. I drew a diagram. I don't know if this plays on a video here, right? But we have a whole diagram. Green, you want to set the edge, force the run inside. Linebacker slow plays over the top, forces it back inside. You're cleaning up from your backside linebacker or your safety running the alley. What you don't want to do is spill everything. Your defensive end tucks inside pushes the running back outside. Next linebacker pushes the puller, tucks inside, you force the running outside. We're spilling. Then it's a foot race from your backside linebacker or your safety to close versus Devin A-Chain or Raheem Mozart. No, thank you. You don't want that. And I think that's how teams end up giving big runs up to the Dolphins. So it's just, you got to go play old school with it. You got to change your run fit philosophy a little bit. And this is nothing new to Steve Spagnuolo. His entire career has been, you know, having his defensive ends box or uh, lever the you know tight ends to pullers and everything like that to force it back inside, but he's changed it a little bit in Kansas City. So it's just the entire concept of how you play the run, I think, has to change in this game. And then until Craig's point there, right? You have cornerbacks, you have safeties that are willing to hit to take on blockers. That also gives you a second force player that can play from the outside. Like you stop the run, you make two a beat you. I think that's where this game entirely uh centers around. We can talk about Maddie. Tua. Maddie got out the whiteboard you guys there there was a whiteboard my my heart is full right now (laughs) listen i had to clean out the office everything's just sitting right here in the middle of my dining room i was sitting here watching some plays early and it's like you know what every time a team tried to spill this out they just lost a foot race so let's see if i can like show this how to work on one diagram at the same time this is wonderful if you can stop the run you're forcing Tua Tagovailoa to throw a negative 30 degree wind chill i really like that idea i'm not gonna lie he he was throwing the ball in 60, 70 degree weather uh, six days ago. And it was the second half was really rough for him. Like he was just missing a lot of throws in crunch time when his team needed the most and just wasn't able to to put anything together. I, I think that's going to be like, I think Tua can get got. I think it's a big task for Tua to try to come in here in this game and try to try to throw the football effectively. So if you can do a good job against the run, I think good things are going to happen if you're trying to, you know, try to turn this into a more of a drop back game for Tua because that's always been the case. Yeah, and I mean I mean against good football teams, again, they've they've got one win against playoff teams this year. I, that's not trying to run them down too much cuz so do the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Um, you know, uh, it's kind of equivalent. But their win is against the Miami Dolphins. The Chiefs did such a good job of keeping a lid on Tua, even when the game was, you know, it, it was it was up big for the Chiefs early in this game, and Tua was having to press a little bit. And when you see him having to press, it doesn't go so well. Like, uh, things don't move as well or as seamless within the Mike McDaniel offense when he's trying to force things down the field, when he's trying to get it all back. When they are playing off of the run game, as Maddie alluded to earlier, and they're able to set up some of those deep shots, that's when it works. You got a defense that's just saying, hey, that's fine. You, you want to take five yards and you know take another 40 seconds off the clock while we're up two scores? Have at it, guys. We don't care. You know That's fine with them. It makes it a lot harder to get some of those explosives. Now, all of a sudden, you're having to play in cold weather. You're having to play in all this. We haven't talked a ton about you know, records and the way that they, this offense, the way that the Miami Dolphins have played in cold weather, because frankly, we're going to see it, it is so frigid and cold. This isn't like, oh, it's 30 degrees outside and the Chiefs are used to this. This is really cold, potentially the third lowest wind chill game that they've got charted in the NFL right now. That would be super cold for both teams. So while the Chiefs may have a small advantage, it's still going to be really cold for Kansas City as well. He's got to try and protect the ball, though. He's got to try and not force things, play within Mike McDaniel's structure if he wants to be the kind of offense that they have been this year. And if he's having to press, if you are forcing him into throwing the ball a lot more because the run game's not going because you plugged it up the way that Maddie drew it up there, then all of a sudden it makes it a lot easier for the pass rush to tee off. Chris Jones, as we saw last week, when he's not having to play the run, guess what? He is freaking dominant so you just have so many things that cascade in kansas city's favor if you are trying to say hey tua go back there and throw it 45 50 times that is not the game that they want to get into against this secondary against this pass rush against this blitz package it's just not the way that they want this to go and so the earlier you can force them into a pass heavy script the better it is for kansas city yeah, I mean, Tua's gap between like his EPA per play and success rate per play, you know, per drop back when pressured and not pressured is the biggest drop off in, in all of the NFL. Like he gets the worst, like the, he gets the most negatively impacted by being under pressure. So whether that's the blitz, not the blitz, it doesn't matter. Like Steve Spagnuolo gets guys home, Tua gets worse. Tua also gets worse when he has to hold the ball and work beyond his first read. These are all things that Chiefs have been very good at forcing teams to do this year because of all the rotations on the back end, because they mix the coverages, because they show you so many looks that they change it. Think back to just this past week when the Dolphins ultimately lose the game to the Bills, two of throws an interception, a terrible interception. Like people have been ripping Chase Claypool for his route, and sure, it's a Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver route. He also tried to throw an out route and got against a guy that was essentially playing trail man coverage and they over the top safety. He tried to fit a ball and the, the, the wide receiver was being high and load and nobody else was challenging either one of them. That ball was never being complete. That was a terrible decision. And the reason it happened is because Tua, the picture changed. Tua had to move off of his first read. You can watch games. Anytime he has to move off his first read, he does two things. He either hitches the ball and then tries to force it in late or he just kind of shuts down and just starts scrambling out. He doesn't know where the next answer is the vast majority of the time. So you change the picture on him, or you just find a way to take away what that first read's going to be. Hint, it's going to be Tyreek Hill 60% of the time. 
it really impacts Tua. And then if that also coincides with pressure getting home, that offense shuts down. And this isn't even to add in the fact that Tua's played like eight games under 40 degree weather, 40, only like eight games, and he's been really bad in all of them. You're now throwing him into a game that he's never played anything near. Again, and like Craig said, it's not like the Chiefs are frequently playing in this kind of game, but they, they've been they've been in cold weather games plenty more than the Miami Dolphins have, a lot more than Tua, who has struggled mightily in them. I think you just make him think a lot, and things go south for the Dolphins pretty quick. Kind of like they're playing right home. And to Cancun. Yeah. Cool. Players to watch presented by Tickets for Less. Promo code KCSN gets you the best guaranteed discount available on Tickets for Less site. Go to ticketsforless.com. Get your Chiefs tickets. Craig, player to watch. Who is it? It's Nick Bolton. Um, Nick Bolton has been one of the key components for this Chiefs defense for the past three years. And I there's a lot of discourse, a lot of discussion about what he is and what he isn't in Kansas City this year, especially with Drew Tranquil there. I don't care about all of that. What I know is that when Nick Bolton comes back on the field, after you know Steve Spagnuolo and Brendan Daly have sat down with him and game-planned, Kansas City Chiefs defense is allowing .74 points per drive. That is outrageously good. That would be light years better than any defense in NFL in the modern NFL, basically. So this is something that they have worked on this year, game planning, getting his head right, and allowing him to be at his most effective, which he has been after about drive three. Again, I think the Steve Spagnuolo is going to trot out the best possible game plan. It's not going to be a feel-it-out first couple of drives. Nick Bolton has a chance to lead this defense into really shutting down a Dolphins offense won't want to be out there, won't want to play in the cold, won't want to get hit, won't want to take any of the blows that this Chiefs defense has to give for him. Nick Bolton can be the tip of that spear for this defense. And especially, we talk so much about the run game. You are going to run blitz and he's going to get downhill. There is opportunity there for him to light some guys up, make his presence known early in this game. I expect the good game plan, the one that we see after drive three each and every week, that starts with Bolton's football IQ that he puts on the field every week. Oh, players to watch. Can I go back to the offense? I'm doing it anyway. It's Travis Kelsey. We're pulling it out. We're going with the Kelsey card. Here it is. Every It comes. It happens. Every single player. You just got to realize when you're Jimmy Butler and the regular season doesn't matter. Then the playoffs show up and that's when you turn it on. That's Travis Kelsey this year. We're getting bubble Jimmy Butler. And Travis Kelsey coming in for this playoffs. It starts here versus the Dolphins. He's putting on a historic playoff run here. Going down the stretch. We're chasing Jerry Rice's records for all these playoff stats. I think that Kelsey sat here. He's heard all of the stuff. He's seen all of us questioning everything. All the fans. All the people at, you know that are on the TVs. It's time. It's time to flip the switch. If there's a switch to be flipped, it starts right here. It starts right here for this very game. There's no more. There's not another game after this. If there's anything left in that tank. This is where you have to unload it and let it show. And yes, Fangio has traditionally done a good job taking away Travis Kelsey. He really has, but this is the point. They're missing a lot of guys. You want to tell me that he can't start finding a little bit of space. The passer doesn't get home and he's the guy. If this Chiefs offense is going to flip a switch for the playoffs, it's going to go through 87. This is the game where it starts. 
I'm going to go with the entire interior offensive line for this team. You know, obviously with Donovan Smith, you know, he's he's going to probably be back in the mix. So they're going back to Donovan Smith at left tackle. But we talked about the game record uh, for the Dolphins on the defensive side of the ball. It's Christian Wilkins. I think uh, Zach Styler is a pretty good player, too. So along the interior, this team is going to have to kind of, you know, they're going to have they're going to have their hands full and in a game that's going to be physical, that's going to be. Um, a violent, difficult game to navigate because of this weather, you know, trying to get the run game going, you know, trying to limit the game record that is Christian Wilkins for the Miami Dolphins defense. I think you've got to start with those guys up front. It's going to be a tall task, but I think they're up for it. I think good things are going to happen. All right, it's time to predict this football game. Let's go, Craig. What do you say? I mean, I'm not predicting some sort of offensive explosion here. I've watched this offense enough. It's going to be a cold football game. I think they're going to try and get the ball to Travis Kelsey. I think Vic Fangio is going to try and take him away. I think they're going to try and get the ball to Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice doesn't also have a ton of experience playing in frigid games like this either. That ball is going to be hard as a rock. Let's put the ball on the ground a couple of times. I still expect a big game but I don't know that this offense will be able to take care of the ball as well as we want. Conversely, I think this defense comes out guns blazing. I think they're able to limit this Dolphins offense. And honestly, I think once the Chiefs get up a couple of scores, they're going to be pressing so much. They're going to be trying so hard to get back and claw back into games. That has not worked for this Dolphins offense in the past several games. They just have not been able to respond in the way that we've seen maybe a team like this do in the past. So I think the Chiefs defense does enough to get up a couple of scores early. I think the offense is going to play fine enough, and I think that this is going to end up being a fairly low-scoring game. I got the Chiefs winning this one 20-10. Oh, my next. um, All right. For me, I think the Dolphins have sat here, they've heard, they heard it last year, and they tried to play into it with the, you know, let it be colder shirts and whatnot, but they've heard all week that it's going to be cold, that it's going to be too cold for them, that they're not going to be, they're going to get pushed around, they're too injured. I think you put a lot together, and I think they come out with a little bit of fight. That adrenaline's pumping in the first quarter. Yeah, it's cold, but you don't quite feel it yet. The adrenaline's working. It's too cold to feel anything. I think they come out, and they come out pretty strong. I think the Chiefs look good, but the Dolphins come out strong. They play hard to start the game, and it doesn't look like the Chiefs are going to be able to roll over them in the weather, being a substantially healthier, more rested team, probably in better spirits after the past couple weeks. But then, you know, you get to mid-second quarter. You get to the third quarter coming out of halftime. I think the Chiefs just continue to roll. You get to that point where the Dolphins just start to break a little bit. It's cold. They don't like to play in the cold. Their offense is nothing's clicking. The Chiefs defense shutting them down. They're getting pushed around on the offensive side. They have old players playing a lot of snaps that just got to this team. How much, you know, how much are they going to push for? What is Justin Houston's investment into running around out there in zero degree weather, well, right? Okay, yeah, he might have Kansas City. Yeah, he might have some. What's Melvin Ingram's investment? You know, like he doesn't dislike him. What's him? It's just what that's just what I have to start to wonder. I think the Chiefs end up controlling this game. I think we see a lot of positives from the offense coming out of it, even though I'm not predicting like an offensive outburst. I got the Chiefs taking this one 24 to 13, but like after the first quarter, the Chiefs are comfortably in control of this game. So it's kind of been a weird year, right? It's been a it's been a disappointing, frustrating year for Chiefs fans who are having to deal with something that they are not accustomed to in the Patrick Mahomes era. It has been the most adversity that we have seen this team deal with from a wins and losses on field performance perspective that we have seen 
literally in the entirety of the Patrick Mahomes era. This has been an ugly year. We know the things that have ailed them and kept them from winning a lot of football games at the same kind of clip that we are so accustomed to. And Maddie Lane uses this phrase a lot about Patrick Mahomes, and it's throwing with your chest. I don't think this fan base is throwing with their chest very much anymore. And it's like you forget that you're the defending Super Bowl champions. And you forget that no team has won a Super Bowl more recently than you. And you realize that Patrick Mahomes did it with a lot of adversity in the playoffs on a high ankle sprain. There is absolutely zero chance I will be predicting a Patrick Mahomes playoff loss the entirety of their time in this in this in the playoffs. You heard it here. I'm going to pick them right now to win the Super Bowl. That's what I'm doing right here because there's no chance I am betting against Patrick LeVon Mahomes, playoff Patrick LeVon Mahomes, and this defense, and Travis Kelsey fighting through. I think you're right. I think we're getting Jimmy Butler. I think we're getting Jimmy Butler, Travis Kelsey peaking at the right time. There is zero chance I'm betting against this group. There's too much championship DNA. And there's just, there's just no, they've never, they don't let us down. Like what Patrick Mahomes just did on a high ankle sprain last year. And we just, we got to start throwing with our chest and start expecting good things to happen again. It's like the Mahomes era has never happened. And we got Alex Smith at quarterback going to New England. No, not anymore. What We already are over that. So yeah, it may not make sense the way it has in years past. It hasn't been as obvious in years past. But I don't care. Why are we? Let's start throwing with our chest again as a fan base and start expecting good things to happen. This might be the last playoff game in Arrowhead for the season. I don't care. Patrick Mahomes is winning a Super Bowl, and it starts with a 27-14 victory against the Miami Dolphins. We will talk to you in a celebratory fashion at Holiday Distillery for the KCSM postgame show. The Chiefs are winning this game. The Chiefs are winning the rest game of the regular season. Enjoy the parade in February. We'll catch you later. He already invoked Mahomes for the first game. Have to.